0: Hey, what's up you guys? This is Bert. I'm the lead pastor at True North Community Church. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. I'm going to have a little something to say to you at the end, but for now, let's dive in. Good morning. What's up everybody? (laughs) Morning, morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good to see you guys. Glad you made it. Welcome to church. Uh, If you're brand new, everyone's clapping because I'm really good looking. So... uh, (laughs) Just kidding. My name's Bert. Uh, Some of you I haven't met, which I'm really kind of excited about. If you joined our church in the last three months, uh, you don't know who I am, which is kind of cool. I'm I'm one of the pastors here. I'm also the lead pastor here, which means I'm normally the guy communicating probably about 80% of the time. Uh, But I've been on sabbatical. I've been away. I got married. I got the new hardware, you know, rocking. So, yeah. Very... Very, very excited. Had a wonderful summer, but missed you guys and ready to get back, ready to get back to it. It was a good chance um, to to sort of revisit my calling, you know, the thing that God's placed on my life. This was a long break, and, you know, I'm kind of in a, at a transitional stage here, pressing reset on my life, and it was a good chance to sort of revisit what God, you know, started in me a long time ago. Uh, you know, and 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 it wasn't like I was thinking about going anywhere, but I was definitely like, all right, am I still still supposed to keep doing this? Still good, you know? Like, and what I kind of received was, yeah, I, I'm supposed to do this, you know, for I don't know if I'll have another ten or fifteen years, but I feel ready for that, uh, you know, and and because I I figure I'm I'm 51. If I get to be in my mid 60s, I'll probably start losing some steam. Not true of Roger Blackmore, though, is it? You guys catch that guy last week, like that guy hasn't missed a step. Um, so, and, and could we just one time just clap it up for the whole teaching team here this summer? Just did an amazing job. Everybody, everybody, everybody. So, definitely, you know, revisited and, and reaffirmed the calling that God has placed on my life. He did, and, and there's, there's two parts to that. Part of it is, obviously, to, to preach the gospel and lead this church really well. The other part of it is to help raise up other preachers, I wanna help other preachers get better at what they do and raise up some other communicators. So I feel like that's what's on my life and that's what's, that's what's ahead for me, and I'm psyched about that. Now, as I say that, there might be a few of you who, who are thinking something to yourself like, hey, that's great, Pastor Burt. We're so glad that you know, you've reaffirmed that calling. We didn't really want you to go anywhere. Maybe some of you wanted me to go somewhere. But like a few of you, most of you are probably like, we didn't really want you to go anywhere. We're kind of glad. Way to go with that calling on your life thing. And what you may not know is that part of the calling that God's placed on my life is to help you realize that he has also placed a calling on your life. God has placed a calling on your life. And that's new, like for some of you, that is a new thing. It's a whole new, like, a whole new concept. You've never pondered that before. To you, a calling is something that that comes to people like pastors, or monks, or nuns, or missionaries, or, you know, professional holy people. You don't, ordinary people don't have a calling teachers and and plumbers and doctors and architects and and, and sanitation workers and and housewives and house husbands and and, and, and ordinary people don't have a calling, do they? Yeah, they do. Every single one of us has been invited into a vast, amazing story. And what we're gonna be doing over the next three weeks is looking at how we play the part God has given us to play Now, if you come to church, if you've ever even driven past this church, you've probably seen three big banners in the lobby that say, honor God, love others, and serve all. And and that's actually not our mission statement. Our mission statement reads like this. We're going to put it up on the screen. Our mission statement is this. Helping people discover their role in God's amazing story we, here's what we do, here's what this church does, we help people figure out their role in God's amazing story, that the the life you're living isn't primarily meant to be all about you, now that's, that's a bit of a shock for if if you're new, you're sort of like, well no, I kind of was under the assumption that my life was all about me, thank you very much, this is the me show after all, starring me, and directed by me, and produced by me, and once again, starring me. And you can live that version of your life. You can live like it's all about you. Lots of people are. But there is a calling on your life to live differently, to live a different way. And I'm here to try to convince you that living that way is actually going to lead to a more satisfied, excited, switched on, and happy you. So what we're going to do is we're doing a compass check. We're sort of coming back to... You know, you know where, where we are. We know where we want to get to. We're just not all sure where we are. And that's important. Have you ever, you guys ever been to like, um? you ever been to an airport or an amusement park where you needed to get from one point to another and there's a big map in front of you? You ever seen one of those? I was in an airport uh, over the summer and I it was unfamiliar to me. And I've been in a few airports in my life. They're usually not really creatively laid out. This one was different. And and it, they're different Uh, terminals and there was a tram that I had to take to get between terminals and I'm looking at where I need to go and I saw pretty quickly where I needed to go and I needed an answer to the following question the all-important question that that touches every traveler who has to change planes do I have time to get food (laughs) between my planes that's the and so I'm I, I see where I'm I'm going I got I see where I gotta go. But there's one big piece of information I don't have. Where am I? I'm looking for that little dot. That old, you've been there in an amusement park or a mall or something where you look. There, there's that little dot with an arrow pointing to it that says, you, and you're there on the map. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Where I'm not sure where I'm going, you don't know any. It doesn't matter that you know where you want to go, you don't know which turns to make until you know where you are, and you're looking for that little dot on the map with the big yellow arrow that says, You are here, doofus. You with your squinty eyes, not knowing this is where you are. So, we start this message series, three part message series, asking, Where are we? Some of you. Your origin point in the story, your starting point in the story, your you-are-here mark is this. I believe God exists, period. That's all I got for you today? That's where I'm at, right? And that actually is a really good place to start. This this Your starting position is informed by this verse from the book of Hebrews. Listen to this verse. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Okay, so this is, this is good. Some of you, you're here and you're like, look, I believe God exists. Some of you don't, that's not your starting point. Some of you would self-identify as uh, agnostic Uh, That means you're not sure if God exists. Some of you would self-identify as atheists, which means you don't believe God exists. But I'm going to roll the dice and, and, and go out on a limb here and say most of you, because you're in church, most of you probably at the very least believe that God exists. So if that is your starting point, that's a really good place to start because what you've got there is a tiny little molecule of something really important. You've got some faith. And it says in this verse, Without faith, faith. Without faith? Yeah, you need your face too. But you need faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And you need a little bit of faith to believe that God exists. So if you're gonna come to God, you gotta believe that he exists. You need a little bit of faith to do that. Some of you, that's where you are, that's your you are here starting point. I believe he exists. That but that's all I got for you. That's cool. We can work with it. That's great. You got a little bit of faith to believe he exists, rock and roll. The next step if that's where you are, your next turn is to believe that Jesus died for your sins, that Jesus rose from the dead, that he was God's son, and that he did that in payment for your sins. This is Romans chapter 10. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Wherever you are, if that's your starting point, if if you're not there, that's what I would love for you to get to. I would love to influence you. I'm just gonna come right out and say this. I want to convince you to believe in Jesus Christ. I want you to put your faith in the idea that Jesus was actually God's son and that he rose from the dead and that his death was payment for your sins and mine that here and now when we screw up and we, we confess our sins to God, he lifts our guilt up off of us and places it onto Jesus Christ and we go free of it. That's what this verse is saying. You believe that, you declare that, that's you putting your faith in Jesus Christ. That means you are invited into the story that Jesus' death and resurrection made a pathway for you to not have to live this tiny little shrunken, shriveled up version of the me show, the me story, all about me. You don't have to live like that. You got invited into something vast and amazing. All of us, all of you, you who thought for so long you had been disqualified, you with your your criminal record and your multiple relapses and, and your, 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 your abortions in your past, you who left the scene of the crime, you who, who, whose marriage failed and whose finances have failed, you who have felt like like a screw-up for so long, you're invited, God's made a path for you, God's made a place for you, and not only that, you who have been lukewarm for so long you who don't have a big dramatic oh i was addicted and i got delivered you who don't have a big like 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 dramatic testimony i've talked to believers for a while who, who've kind of been in that boat like oh i don't you know i didn't I never left the scene of the crime. I don't have a criminal record. I never, never got addicted to anything heavy. I'm sort of just, you know, I'm staying in my lane. You who have been lukewarm for so long, whose love for God faded, where the ashes of that fire have grown cold, you who have been, who have been asleep at the wheel in your faith for so long, you're invited too. All of us are invited into a vast, amazing story. And if you could put your faith in that idea... You're ready to take the next step. You're ready to start honoring God with your life. And that's what we talk about. Helping people discover their role in God's amazing story, it's gonna look different for every single one of us. Each one of us is gonna have a different calling, but there are gonna be three similarities, three things that are gonna be true for every single person in this room, whatever your calling looks like. You're gonna be called to honor God, love others, and serve all as you discover the part God gave you to play. So how do we do that? Let's just say you're there. Let's just say that's your you are here mark. Okay, I believe God exists. That's where I started. And then I made a right turn into this other terminal and now I'm at this other starting point where it says, I believe that he rose from the dead and forgives me for my sins. I believe he loves me and he's invited me. And let's just say you believe that. If you don't believe that, I would like you to, but let's just say for a minute you do. And now you're going, okay, well, now how do I honor God? That sounds like jargon. That sounds like, you know, Christianese. You ever heard somebody speak Christianese? It's repulsive. I'm allergic to it. I hate that. It's like, and I'm a pastor, it just makes my skin crawl. Oh, how to honor God, glorify God. What does that mean to me? I have a real life and a real job. I'm like, I gotta go to work tomorrow. Well, you don't have to go to work tomorrow because it's Labor Day, but I gotta go to work Tuesday and I, I need it to make sense when I go to work. Like, I need you to say, st- like, not Christianese, not jargon. What does it mean? Here's what it means to honor God. Here's your starting point. Here's where you begin. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. So, whatever you eat, or drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whatever you eat, whatever you drink, whatever you, did you guys catch that this verse does not prescribe a whole bunch of new behaviors? The verse doesn't say you got to stop doing all the stuff you're doing and start doing a bunch of new stuff so that you can glorify God. You got to quit doing all that other stuff so you, so because you, you're not glorifying God and you got to change your ways and change your behavior so you can glorify God, go and do better. Like there's no tone like that in this verse. It says, whatever you, you eat, whatever you drink, whatever you are currently doing, do those things for the glory of God. Now, the next logical question is, how? How do I do that? What does that look like? I don't, I don't understand. Well, for starters... I'm going to say something that I hope is obvious. There are some things, perhaps, that you do need to stop doing and some other things that you do need to start doing if you're going to glorify God with your life. You can't go rob a bank for God's glory. You can't go cheat on your spouse for God's glory. There's some stuff you need to not do for God. If, you're, if your aim is going to be to glorify God, there are some behaviors you're going to need to stop There are other behaviors you're going to need to start. So it could be that a change of behavior is called for, but that's not what this verse says. This verse talks to the the majority of our living life filled with otherwise neutral activities that somehow, apparently, can be done for God's glory. It starts with this. Believe that you are not at the center of the story. Start with this. God has invited you into something vast, and it's not About you. I I read something recently that just uh, just affirmed things that I had been feeling. Um, Have you guys observed, anybody besides me observed in the world, that people have ceased to know how to behave in public? (laughs) Like just people people don't know how to behave in public. They don't know what to do at the movies. Like everyone at the movies is just talking at full volume and on their phones. And it's like, Dude, at concerts there's been a rash of people like throwing stuff at the artist who's performing. People are not they're like taking selfies and the artists are going, "Hey, I am here performing for you. Could you put your phone down?" Like this. There's, there's just people and 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 I I've observed I've been observing this for a long time and I've been preaching, "Hey, you don't you you play a part in a small story. The story is not about you." And I read so I don't I don't have any social media anymore. I don't what I'm going to read to you references TikTok and just we I don't I don't have any, if you look for me on Facebook, I'm a ghost. I'm not there. I'm not on Instagram. It's been two years now, and I've never felt better. So, like, it's good. But I do have uh, an Apple News feed. Anybody, any Apple News fans in the room? Anybody? (laughs) Okay, so. I guess my subscription is going to go away because nobody <laughs> use, uses it. Apple News Feed. The Apple News Feed is what I like to call infotainment. Like It, it culls uh, articles from news sources, but then it, it, it pings in articles from uh, magazines and other things. And, and what you click on, it it sort of feeds you more of this stuff. I read something this week from Forbes Magazine that popped up in my Apple News Feed, and it said this. Main character syndrome is a term made popular on TikTok to describe a tendency among people to view themselves as the lead character in their own life story. People with main character syndrome tend to be self-centered and self-absorbed, making it difficult to work collaboratively with others. It's often associated with negative traits such as narcissism and entitlement. When I read that, I jumped up and I was like, thank you, Forbes magazine. That's a sentence I've literally never said. <laughs> thank you, Forbes magazine. I've been saying that for years. And it was so interesting that like, and I don't, I don't, I'm not on TikTok, but apparently this is a trending thing. Main character syndrome. It's why people have forgotten how to behave on uh, in, in, in concerts and at movies and on airplanes. And, like, it's just, like, there's all this, it's all about me, and if something disturbs me, then I'm going to go. So, so if you're going to glorify God, you got to start with the premise that it's not all about you. It's not you. You don't, if you, now, if you want to be the main character in your little story, you go right ahead. God gave you that right. You have that choice. You can and lots of people are doing that. I'm just here to convince you that if that's what you're doing, you have settled. You settled for an inferior version of the life you could be living. God invited you into an incredible, amazing adventure, and you're, you're living in this tiny little bubble where it's all about you. It's, it's off-putting. It's kind of gross, honestly. When other people see it, they go, ew. Like Nobody wants to be that. Nobody wants to be near somebody who's like that. So back to our question, how do we glorify God in the things we do? Well, let's take a look at you know what the life of uh, the average True North parishioner is going to look like for the rest of today. After, after you leave here, a percentage of you are going to go out for, for breakfast, yeah? Or lunch, whichever, you know, I always forget what time it is when I'm up here. So, like, you'll go out to the diner and you're going to order some food and you're going to sit there and have some food with whoever you're with today, for starters. How do you sit there and eat that omelet and glorify God by eating an omelet? How does that work? Well, the first thing you do to glorify God eating the omelet is you get cheese in the omelet. (laughs) Wake up. But after that, what you do is you remember as you're eating that every blessing in your life ultimately comes from your heavenly Father. And you start being grateful and you experience gratitude that you have the funds to go out and get a bite to eat and you remember that there are people in the world today that don't have enough to eat and you allow that thought to propel you into thankfulness and so God is glorified in your omelet. With me? After that, you're going to get in your car. After that, you're going to get in your car and you're going to drive home. And and maybe you're just going to drive that car home, or maybe you're going to remember to be thankful that you have some transportation to get you from point A to point B. You're going to be thankful that God has blessed you in this way. And you're going to be kind when you're on the road. You're going to be kind and generous with everybody else, because all the other people on Long Island, most of them, are trapped in lead character syndrome, they're all living this world where they're the center of everything and they are not this okay. I this for me, I preach to me now. These people are not people you need to be irritated with. These people are to be pitied. Don't let yourself get irritated. Just just have compassion because they're trapped in a very small story tiny, tiny little story where it's all about them. So maybe you'll drive home in that ordinary car of yours and glorify God by being kind to somebody, and then you'll get home, and what will you do? Will you cut the grass are you going to watch a little preseason football? Will you go to the beach? Will you go out? Whatever. What is the rest of your day going to include? What will it, what will it involve? It will involve probably otherwise ordinary mundane things that take up a normal Sunday. Maybe it's, it's Labor Day weekend so you'll have a barbecue. Whatever Whatever it is you're going to do today, it is otherwise an ordinary thing. But if your heart is in the right place and your head is in the right place, that ordinary thing can be used to glorify God. And you can live your whole life. So whatever you eat, whatever you drink, whatever you do, you do for the glory of God. All of it. So now, your life, every, every, every time you have a chance to interact with another person, every time you have anything, you just stay to do in front of you. You stay conscious of who God is. You remember the many blessings upon your life, and you remember that it's not about you. You want to glorify God? Here's a great way to start if you're at that, that you are here spot where you believe that Jesus forgives you for your sins, but you're still not sure about how to glorify God believing i think i think God is greatly glorified in your believing that he's crazy about you can you believe that he's crazy about you that's hard that's tough right hard to believe that God's crazy about you because we're so surrounded by performance mentality Students everywhere are buying their new notebooks and getting ready for the start of school and they're gonna go in with a clean slate and when they do good, they'll get good grades and when they don't study, they'll get bad grades and they're gonna have tests and exams to pass and essays to write and there'll be grades on these things and we're so imbued and, 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 and just swallowed up in a performance mentality that it's normal for us to think that God loves us When we're being good and when we do good, have you this morning faith enough to believe that God loves you now apart from your performance? Can you find faith now to believe that God's crazy about you here and now? It's not about your performance. My son, this this summer, my son uh, passed a milestone in his life. My youngest son got his driver's license. This is terrifying. You should all be terrified. (laughs) He's living his best life. He's enjoying himself. But I remember when he was just a little guy. And I remember coming home from the office. And, you know, like kids do sometimes, he would draw a picture. You know, you ever have your kid draw you a picture? Put it on the fridge, you know what I'm talking about? When your kid draws you a picture, when your toddler draws you a picture, what do you do? Do you critique it? Do so I grab Timmy's drawing and go, Tim, I don't have purple hair. And if the sun was that big, we'd all burst into flames. Go work on it. Like, do, do, you, you, no way do you do that. You go, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. Look what you did. Because, because he thought of me. Because he thought he would draw a picture for me. That's what our, your best effort at holiness, your best effort at a righteous life is a drawing, a child's drawing to God. He doesn't look at you and go, "Mm, not good enough, you better go work on that, that isn't the deal. God looks at you and goes, oh, that's so cool that you thought of me, that's so cool that you wanted to connect with me, thank you so much for that. And he puts it up on his giant fridge in heaven. I really hope that's a thing. So I hope it is. But it takes a little bit of faith to believe that he's crazy about you. It takes a little bit of faith. It takes a lot of faith. Cuz some of us are messed up and some of us are lukewarm and some of us are just asleep at the wheel. Wherever you are, it takes faith to believe that God's crazy about you. But if you can put your faith in the idea that God's crazy about you, that he invited you into this amazing story, and now you don't have to, but you get to live the rest of your life for his glory, allowing all these mundane things that fill our days to propel you into awareness and thankfulness of his love, you will be in great shape for steps two and three, which are to love others and serve the world around you. And that is where we will pick it up next Sunday. Let's pray. Father, we love you, and we're so, so grateful that you invited us into your story. We're, we're just thrilled by it, but we forget sometimes how cool a thing that is. We slip backwards, and main character syndrome rears its ugly head in our lives and we behave like it's all about us, and we drive like it's all about us, and we, we, we do the things we do like it's all about us, will you remind us today and every day that we're called to do all that we do for your glory, remembering you, gratefulness to you, thankfulness to you, and operating like it isn't all about us in response to your amazing love, responding and living in the knowledge that it isn't all about us. May that be true in my life. May that be true in all of our lives. We pray together in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks once again for taking the time to listen. It's an honor to have you with us. If you'd like to support our church financially and help us continue to put this content out there for free, that would be a really big deal to us. We're completely supported by the contributions of the people that come to our church. And if you'd like to help, you can do that online at truenorthchurch.net slash give, or you can do it with a text message. Just text the word TRUE NORTH to 77977 on your cell phone, and you'll get a prompt leading you through how to do that. Thanks again for dialing in. See you soon. Bye-bye.